to all my my talk and podcast listeners this morning i realized that it is our 20th year anniversary of sharing vital nutrition information every saturday morning that is amazing it's amazing we've been here a while yeah uh, well, it has been a pleasure preparing and sharing information that has hopefully made your lives better. 20 years is a long time talking about the benefits of eating real food for your health. As I was reading news reports this week, I found it alarming to learn that one in three Minnesota adults are considered obese. Minnesota's adult obesity rate in the year 2000 was 17%. And now, 23 years later, it's almost 34%. And the obesity rate has doubled in the past 20 years. So that much increase in obesity rate is concerning because the same foods adults have been eating that have caused obesity are the same foods that, that lead to diseases like diabetes, uh, cholesterol concerns, and heart disease not to mention cancer, joint pain. So you have to ask, why am I talking about this huge increase in obesity rate when our topic today is foods for good cholesterol? Well, it's because, again, the foods that cause obesity are the same foods that increase cholesterol concerns. Obesity or carrying extra weight doesn't cause cholesterol numbers to become a concern, it is the food choices adults are making that leads to extra weight and then cholesterol concerns. That's interesting because a lot of times it is portrayed that it is the weight that is causing the cholesterol problems. I when, hear it all the time, yep, don't you? Absolutely. But it's really, like you said, the food that is causing all of that. Yeah. And doctors tell our clients, just lose some weight. Yep. That is not always the answer. No. No. Well, sugar and alcohol, bad fats, refined oils such as soybean or vegetable oil, really any seed oil that is not avocado is a problem, and also processed foods. So, Brittany, let's ask another question. If you want normal cholesterol numbers without medication, what do you need to eat? Real food. Real food. Very simple. Meat, fish, vegetables, natural fat found in nature like butter, olive oil, and nuts and avocados. All the good fats. I'm Melanie Beasley, and I'm a registered and licensed dietitian, and I've been helping people, both adults and children, for over 35 years. Joining me is our co-host, Brittany Vincent. Good morning, Brittany. Tell us about you. Good morning. I am Brittany Vincent. I'm also a registered and licensed dietitian. I help people lose weight, lower blood glucose levels, take control of their cholesterol, reduce menopausal symptoms like hot flashes, mood swings, those darn sleepless nights. And I even help teenagers and sometimes older women clear up their acne. And so I have been doing this for the past 11 years and I have seen so many benefits of health of eating real food. Yeah. 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 And as Mel said, it is our 20th year anniversary, which is so exciting. And I'm curious, I wonder how many listeners out there have been with us all 20 years. I think it'd be fun if they sent us an email. Yeah. I yeah. listened to you from the beginning of yeah. the show. That would, that would be 
That would so be lovely. Fun. Well, as you know, we have chatted about cholesterol on many different shows. We've explained what those cholesterol numbers mean, and you can re-listen. Um, just search on our website in the search engine, cholesterol, heart disease, and you'll come up with a podcast. Go to our website, weightandwellness.com, and just search, and mm-hmm. you're going to find so many articles, so many podcasts. Well, a great, clear explanation of the meaning of these cholesterol numbers can be found on our website. So we're not going to really go over those today. Well, we've, uh, we have helped you make the connection between sugar and high cholesterol in the past, I think, and especially mm-hmm. triglycerides. So let's stop here for a minute because I have a really great uh, client story Love that story. relates to our topic today. So a few years ago, I met with a gentleman named Bill, and his triglyceride number at the time was 450. So we we have seen higher than that, but that is a very concerning number. And at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we suggest triglycerides be under 100. Optimally, that's going to reduce your risk of stroke and heart attack. And Bill didn't realize that the high amount of triglycerides is an independent risk factor for heart disease. Yeah, it's it's kind of surprising when they when you break down mm-hmm. their lipid panel. Yeah. And say here's the red flag. Mm-hmm. It's the triglycerides. What was Bill eating or drinking that shot his triglycerides so high and put him at risk for heart? Yeah. Well, he he did not drink alcohol. But he did drink soda. Mm. And, you know, I saw him pre-pandemic and he was a salesman and was on the road, often in small towns around the Dakotas, Iowa, throughout Minnesota. And he had to keep himself awake. So he would often grab, you know, five or six sodas throughout the day. Wow. And he was really surprised to learn that each can contains 10 teaspoons of sugar. And what kind of sugar? Yeah, high fructose fructose corn syrup. syrup. Yeah, the worst kind. So he was easily drinking 50 to 60 teaspoons of sugar just from that soda alone. So one day um, I showed him a jar of what 48 teaspoons of sugar looks like. He was shocked. I think yeah. th- visually seeing that really is shocking because it's hard to imagine you actually consuming that much sugar. Spooning 48 yeah. teaspoons of sugar. But when you think I'm just drinking a beverage mm-hmm. and quenching my thirst, what's the harm? Exactly. And yeah. most people don't actually look at the back of a label to see how many grams of sugar is in there. What are the ingredients? And it's, um, you know, like we said, it's a high fructose corn syrup, and that's the mm-hmm. triglyceride razor and leads to high blood glucose, insulin resistance, and weight gain. You know, yeah. I had a client who came to me. He's actually a success story on our website. Mm. His triglycerides were over 500. Oh, wow. They were tremendously high. Well, one of the things he was doing was drinking coffee all day long. Mm. And um, his LDL was very, very high. And so just getting him drinking pure water yeah, and then changing a, a few things in his diet and we got those numbers down. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, and the beauty with triglycerides, you can see a pretty drastic change in a short amount of time. Like three months, yep. which is when you get retested. <laughs> yep. Usually. If you push. Yeah. <laughs> 
And, you know, in Bill's case, he really needed to just eliminate the soda. And in discussing it, he decided to cold turkey it. And I find usually with people that drink a lot of soda, especially if it's more of an addiction, that is the best approach to cold turkey. You might feel unwell for (laughs) a few days. You might have to power through it. But um, it's, it's worth it in the end. And... As you can imagine, his energy was so much better, but he still wanted some sort of pick-me-up. So instead, he drank um, iced green tea, unsweetened, and then more water. I love that. And I imagine he just started feeling better with joint pain, aches and pains. And then in a few months, his numbers were down to around 200. He lost about 30 pounds. And so after tackling the soda... Then we tackled, what was he eating on the road? Um, Which can be hard. So he really overhauled his diet as well. And then six months after initially seeing him, he was only occasionally having fast food. His triglycerides were down to 120. He lost an additional 20 pounds. Wow. Yeah. And so those triglycerides, they are typically a direct correlation to the amount of carbs and and sugar consumed. Mm-hmm. And that excess glucose from all that sugar that we consume, that's going to be carried to the liver, and then our liver makes more triglycerides. And those triglycerides are pretty inflammatory. Yeah, absolutely. And we like it under, we like to see triglycerides under 100, mm-hmm. listeners, if you're, if you're wondering. So what a great example of how nutritionists and dietitians yeah. can help clients make some simple changes to produce some really great health benefits. And if you've been listening to the Dishing Up Nutrition radio show for a few years, you know that sugar and processed carbs, such as breakfast cereal, can be a problem. And we will talk more about that when we come back from break. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I encourage you to stay tuned today because we're sharing what to eat to have good cholesterol numbers. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. To have a good cholesterol profile, it is important to reduce those processed foods in your diet, which we're going to be talking even more about. But if you just, if you don't know what to cook, I mean, I think that's the case for a lot of clients that we see. They're just kind of overwhelmed. Well, join Chef Mary Ann in a Zoom demo class as she shows us how to make comfort foods healthy on Wednesday, November 11th. So you can sign up if you go to weightandwellness.com or just call 651-699-3438. Yeah, I'm telling my clients about her cooking classes all the time because here's what's great about them is you, you get the video for three days. Yeah. You get all of the recipes and grocery lists. Yeah. So you can go get everything, come back, watch and prepare with her, mm-hmm. pause it, do what she's doing. It's lovely. Yeah. It's, it's really lovely. I, I take every class so that I can get her recipes. And, yeah. It's yeah. Helpful. I love it. So we were talking about um, to our listeners that if you've been listening to Dishing Up Nutrition for a few years, you know that sugar and processed carbohydrates such as breakfast cereal, chips, soda, pizza, pasta, and alcohol often lead to higher glucose numbers, which in turn leads to insulin resistance. Well, 38% of U.S. adults are pre-diabetic. 
And if your A1C is 5.7 to 6.4, you fit into that pre-diabetic range. Each of us has our own unique biochemistry, and each of us needs to ask that, ask ourselves, what do I need to do to reduce my heart attack risk? And what food do I need to eliminate? And what foods do I need to consume? Because that's it. We don't want to just eliminate foods. We want to swap this for that. Yeah. And I think focusing more on what to eat is a, a much better mindset to try to adapt because... Yeah. Otherwise, if you're focusing on what you're eliminating too much. You get that deprivation brain. Yes. You feel yep. sorry for yourself. And the mm-hmm. next thing you know, you're eating a sleeve of Girl Scout cookies. Exactly. So we yep. don't want that deprivation brain. We want to no. say, I can eat delicious food, yep. but it looks different. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, we've already talked about the the fact that obesity rates have doubled in the past 20 years. You know, the the rate of heart disease, cancer, autoimmune diseases, mental health concerns, all of those have increased as well. And I th- there's lots of factors, but food is definitely a common denominator with yep. them all. And you know, more and more medications are developed, but is medication always the long-term solution? You know, I... A lot of people uh, tell me this, that they often wonder, should I be taking a cholesterol-lowering medication? Will I get the aches and pains from the medication? Will I have more fatigue? You know, those are a couple common side effects. And then what can I do to get my cholesterol in a normal range? And that's often what drives us or drives people to make an appointment with us. And they're in talking through it with me and clients will say something like, you know, I know making the food changes is more difficult, but I know I'll feel better. Because it's not just about cholesterol numbers. When you make the changes, it's overall health you're improving, decreasing your risk of cancer, decreasing your risk for Alzheimer's. It's all of it. It's not just your cholesterol numbers. That's the beauty of real food is there's not a separate way of eating for high cholesterol as there is to increase your energy or in digestive issue. You know, it's all like you said, it's all going to help just make you feel better overall and decrease your disease risk overall. So Mm -hmm. then you can say. I can keep it simple Mm -hmm. and I'm doing everything I can in the way I'm eating so you don't have that noise. Sometimes the noise in your head creates so much stress. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. So true. You know, and I try when I sit down with people, I try to explain the connection between what they are individually eating and their cholesterol profile and how how we can optimize their diet. You know, most U.S. adults are eating too much sugar or foods that turn to sugar. For example, chips. You know, I yes. people either tend to crave the salty, crunchy, like chips, Crackers. or the sweets. Yeah. And those chips, you know, although they, we don't think of them as a sugary food, often they're made from corn or potatoes. Both are high sugar, high carbohydrate foods. Yeah, and I, I really think let's make that connection to why potato chips can increase cholesterol. Chips and crackers break down into sugar and increase your glucose or blood sugar level, calling for the pancreas to then release insulin. 
Insulin's job is to pick up that blood sugar and take it into the cell. But if you have high insulin levels, it has a profound effect on your cholesterol. So excess insulin from excess sugar increases cholesterol. I'm going to say it again. Excess insulin from excess sugar increases cholesterol. Mm -hmm. Insulin's doing its job. So what we want to do is calm insulin's job down a little bit. Yep. And there is more to this story. Insulin has a way of turning up the cholesterol making machinery, which is actually an enzyme called AMG-CoA reductase. I hope you all wrote that down. (laughs) Uh, That is the same enzyme that cholesterol-lowering medication works on. If you lower your sugar and processed carbs to lower your insulin, you can naturally lower your cholesterol. Food doesn't have any any bad side effects. It has bonuses. Real food has bonuses like weight loss, energy, better sleep, clear thinking, good moods, less pain. So changing food choices, it takes practice. Mm-hmm. It takes education and it takes that ongoing support to keep your commitment to feel better and protect your health. It takes a team. It really does. It does. And it's... It takes it takes time. And I think that your nutrition is is always in process, just depending on on your season of life. I mean, even us. This is what we do all day long. Yeah. But we're pendulums, right? We swing. We swing off a little and then Mm -hmm. we know too much. so that We correct course and get back (laughs) on track. But we all do it. And it's natural and it's not shameful. No. You're not on a program or off a program. You're just in swing. Are you swinging towards inflammation Mm -hmm. and disease? Mm -hmm. Are you swinging towards health and wellness? And our job is to help coach our clients and keep them motivated to keep swinging towards their goal of health and wellness. And I think really going into it and, and saying, this is my new lifestyle. Not my diet. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. I love that. And, you know, when you lower that blood glucose, that insulin resistance over time, it does take time, that's going to reduce and heal. And then you're, that's going to slow down your aging as well, yes. just overall. Mm-hmm. Your body is going to age better when you have more of an optimal insulin level in the body. And who doesn't want a little gentle aging (laughs) instead of the fast track. I mean, we all are looking for that. Definitely. But um, let's talk more about that when we come back from break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I want to share some information about our six-hour menopause solution seminar. We had an in-person week-long menopause solution seminar, and then we were faced with the pandemic shutdown. So we wrote, practiced, filmed all of the information We were not able to provide lunch to people purchasing the video version or the fun that women had with the in-person seminar, but all the information on controlling symptoms is there. You get to be in your jammies, so that is a perk. Between October 23rd and November 4th, we are discounting the cost by $50. Go to weightandwellness.com to sign up or call 651-699-3438. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You might be thinking there are six hours about menopause symptoms and solutions. 
And yes, we really take a deep dive into it. Maybe your symptom is lack of sleep or mood swings, or you've developed osteoporosis or hot flashes, adult acne. You know, we cover it all in those classes. I know you will not be disappointed. Give us a call. We're happy to answer any questions you have. 651-699-3438. And again, between October 23rd and November 4th, we are offering a discount, $50 off. And you can sign up for that at weightandwellness.com or again, just give us a call. So before we went to break, um, we were talking about insulin resistance and how if you lower your sugar and processed carbohydrate intake, you're going to lower your insulin. Therefore, oftentimes your cholesterol panel improves because of that. And then everything else, right? Your body overall just becomes healthier. So before we talk more about good food choices, let's talk about the sugar connection to plaque buildup. Good. Which, you know, no doubt is more of a risk factor for heart disease than, than cholesterol can be. And inflammation is a major cause of plaque buildup. And again, the answer oftentimes it goes back to that insulin resistance. Insulin resistance is strongly associated with plaque buildup. Research has shown that. And in our Nutrition for Weight Loss classes, we explain in detail how excess glucose, eating too much sugar for too long, results in that insulin resistance, which leads to inflammation and often can lead to a buildup of plaque. Really good and, point. And before break, Melanie, you did a great job of explaining the role of insulin and and what actually happens in our body when yeah. we're eating sugar. Well, we encourage you to switch, of course, from processed food to real food. I mean, mm-hmm. that is sort of the crux of it. Yep. Um, what we mean, foods like breakfast cereals and pancakes, mm-hmm. crackers, Instead, you want to switch over to things like eating um, two to three eggs cooked in butter, grass-fed butter, two cups of vegetables sautéed in olive oil for those wonderful antioxidants. And then for lunch, you can give up the sub sandwich with the bread, which, you know, jacks up that blood Mm -hmm. sugar, um, to eating a steak salad with a nice olive oil dressing. Um, And if they don't have a good olive oil dressing, just ask for olive oil. Yep. And some salt and add nuts or avocado to your salad for, again, for those good, healthy fats. And this is all fighting for your health instead mm-hmm. of fighting against your health. Yes. You know, for a snack, you could have half or three quarters of a cup of organic, full fat cottage cheese, throw some blueberries in there, sprinkle some walnuts for some crunch and some, some more of that healthy fat and fiber. You know, for dinner, it could be salmon. Maybe you roast up a sheet pan of vegetables and sweet potatoes. I mean, that's a very easy go-to for me. And then you could put a little extra butter on your vegetables. You know, if you give this a try, even within a few weeks, you're going to notice you're starting, you're going to start to feel better. 
When you give the body what it needs Mm -hmm. and you remove what's harming it, the body is designed to heal itself. Yeah. And I sometimes really thinking of this as nourishment or fuel for my body can be very helpful um, for people to to embrace that thought process of starting to eat real food. Yeah. And I've said it. I've said it before. I always ask my clients when you're taking a bite of food, it's it's is it harming you or healing Mm -hmm. you? Mm -hmm. Because every bite really matters. Yep. Once you start, you know, beginning a disease, you want to really make sure what you're putting in your mouth is more than just the flavor. It's so much more about the nourishment on the entire body. So you don't want to let this little, you know, two inch orifice called your mouth (laughs) dictate the health of the rest of your body. Yeah. Um, And so good point. I think when we talk about eating healthy fat and eggs, uh, it sets off alarm bells. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you a little bit about why we do need cholesterol, because the cholesterol we consume is not what's causing the cholesterol issue. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because people are really fearful. That's Mm -hmm. what we have been told, which was false information for, oh gosh, decades. Yes. So why we need cholesterol? Cholesterol is vital. Cholesterol is used to repair and make cell membranes. Cholesterol is a precursor to vitamin D and also hormones like our estrogen and testosterone. Cholesterol is important in making healthy, uh, healthy brain Mm-hmm. So that we have healthy brains as we age, and it creates healthy serotonin receptors. Um, it helps the myelin sheath in the body, which will enhance memory. Cholesterol is in digestion since bile is made from cholesterol. Cholesterol repairs blood vessels, and cholesterol supports our immune function and helps fight bacteria and other infections. So it's wow. we always think cholesterol bad guy. No, yeah, no, it's not, not at all. So half the people with heart disease actually have normal cholesterol Mm -hmm. levels. So we want to look at so much more of what is going on. So if you, you, you want to take that and, and have someone break down your numbers with you because cholesterol is not the bad guy. Yeah. And it is so much more than just looking at that total cholesterol number because people look at that number and if it's, Above 200, they get really scared. But yes. like you said, it's more about that breakdown of what the individual numbers really Add indicate. Up. Yep. Um, and again, you can look at previous previous podcasts where we really deep dive into that. I know we did a couple earlier this spring in 2023 that you can check out. And so cholesterol itself is really good in mm-hmm. one of its roles is repairing inflammation and damage. And so if your cholesterol is elevated, it could just be a sign of, again, that the good inflammation. Guys popping it up. Yep. It could be mm-hmm. a lot of times it, the, your total cholesterol is just a, a number that yep. indicates the breakdown of everything else, yes. right? We just added it up and we got your total yep. cholesterol. But if it's all made up of the good guys. Mm-hmm then we don't have to have near the concern. So that's important for someone to break that down for you. And then, you know, saturated fat, again, Mm -hmm. I want to circle back, has gotten such a bad reputation. It's based on poor science, a study from the 1950s that just was corrupted and Mm -hmm. brought 
in poor science for us. And the true cause of that unhealthy cholesterol level, there's just not sound science behind the prevention message that reducing saturated fat in the diet lowers a person's risk of unhealthy unhealthy cholesterol or risk of heart disease, like you just said. And so we want to look at that and make sure that there is no significant evidence. There's really no significant evidence Mm -hmm. for concluding that saturated fat is the enemy. You know, it's interesting. There have been studies that have shown that too low of cholesterol is way more detrimental to your health than high cholesterol. And that goes back to what you talked about, Melanie, yeah. all of the benefits and necessary um, functions where we rely on cholesterol in our body. We have to. We have to take care of the entire body. You know, Gary Taubes examined decades of research on heart disease in his good book, Good Calories, Bad Calories. And he concluded that cholesterol is not the cause of heart disease, but that triglyceride, that high triglycerides, was the problem that's a great book if anyone's interested on reading some science yeah that is a really (laughs) yeah it is a little sciencey but it it is a wonderful book i love that and so we've talked about the importance of the healthy fat you know getting the variety of fat is really important but not fearing the saturated fat it's fine to to put butter on there. It's okay to eat the yolks in your eggs. Even, and this was, I think, eight years ago, Mm -hmm. the Nutrition Advisory Board for the country came out and said, you do not need to worry about eating cholesterol in your foods. That is not what causes high cholesterol. It is. Yeah, it it was good information. Yeah, Eat eat those eggs. And another piece, which I want to dive into, is... A lot of people just want to know what's everything that I can do to reduce my risk of heart disease, improve my numbers. And another big one is fiber. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. We don't talk enough about it. Yes. Fiber. Yeah. So what can happen is it, you know, fiber can form this silk, thick kind of gel-like substance that absorbs absorbs moisture and in doing that it can help to reduce our cholesterol by binding um, some of that cholesterol eliminating through its eliminating it via our stool and then also fiber is really helpful in just kind of detoxifying the body you know we eliminate toxins throughout our stool and fiber helps to do all of that it ushers it out yep it is the usher <laughs> Well, I th- I want to talk more about fiber because mm-hmm. I feel like it's been underrated. I mm-hmm. feel like we are a nation that is extremely deficient in adequate yes, fiber. So when we come back from break, let's hit on that a little harder. So you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. An interesting fact about menopause and cholesterol. Often cholesterol numbers, especially LDL numbers, will go up temporarily during perimenopause and then... After two or three years, the liver adjusts and excess LDL is not made. Normal LDL again without medication. So our bodies are very, very wise. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, over the pandemic, I know from talking to people, a lot of 
processed food snuck in, snuck in, maybe more alcohol, definitely more stress. Yes. So if you found yourself just not feeling your best anymore, maybe you've gained a little bit of weight, you know, I invite you to join our new and updated Nutrition for Weight Loss classes that start in January. So it is a series of 12 classes. They will be offered both in person and virtually. And, you know, I'd suggest to sign up sooner than later because I think they will be very popular and fill up quickly. It's a great class. I love teaching it. Yes, so do I. Yeah, I think that's my favorite class to teach Mm -hmm. because you get people for 12 weeks. Yeah. So you get to know them. Yeah. And it's so fun to see the changes. It's fun to see and developing a community Mm -hmm. in that 12 weeks, too. Yeah. Of everyone supporting each other. and. Mm -hmm. Fine. Yep. Sign so you up. might have <laughs> myself or Melanie as a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So before break, we were talking about fiber. And I think I've had more and more clients ask me about fiber. Mm-hmm. So I think there's just more buzz around it. But to your point earlier, we are not getting enough. We are not getting enough. At all. It used to be the recommendation was about 50 grams. Mm-hmm. You know, we just went to a nutrition conference and they were talking about that's what we typically yeah. need. Well, the average American gets about 10. Yeah. If we're lucky. If we're lucky. Yep. So um, we want to really focus on increasing fiber. And I know that you use a recipe for chia pudding, which I love as mm-hmm. well. So tell them it's so easy. What's your recipe? Yeah. So it is, the ratio is half a cup of chia seeds to two cups of liquid. And that's going to give you four servings. And there's there's so many different combinations that you could throw in here. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I'll do a cup of canned coconut milk and then a cup of water mm-hmm. for the liquid. So there's some healthy fat there. Um, and then I will often... As I'm stirring it all together, mix in some frozen fruit. So then as it melts in the fridge, Yum. I feel like all the fruit flavor gets everywhere. Otherwise, you could just put, you know, half a cup of berries on top before you're going to eat it. I drizzle. I like to drizzle sunflower butter mm. or peanut butter over the top. Yum. And I sweeten my chia pudding with chocolate stevia drops. Delicious. Um, and if you are trying to get it in one meal and you're mm-hmm. trying to get it in, you can you can mix in your protein powder. Oh, for sure. If yeah. you don't like the little um, beady beads, they're kind of like tapioca pudding. Yep. Just blend them. Yeah. In a little coffee blender, or or blend that whole concoction in your blender, and it'll thicken, but you won't have the little. I call them surprise chia. Yeah. You have chia pudding, <laughs> and all of a sudden they're like in your teeth, and you yes. think you got them all. Yeah. Surprise, you yeah. didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so if that's an issue, just blend it. Yeah, great idea. Yeah, I love it. I think it's really satisfying. It is very high. Chia seeds are very high in fiber. Yeah. So if your body is not used to fiber, I would suggest starting slow. Mm-hmm. Like start with maybe a teaspoon or two and then gradually increase. Um, Otherwise, if you get too much fiber and your body's not used to it, it can constipate you. Yeah. And then we want to make sure we're drinking enough water too to flush all this out. And maybe a little gas or bloating. Yep. I have clients say I can't tolerate 
high fiber foods because I get gas and bloating. What is actually happening is you are feeding your good bacteria. Mm -hmm. The good bacteria, when they multiply, produce happy gas. Yes. That happy gas gives you a little bloating or gas. So just cut back a little. And Mm -hmm. as you adjust, you can increase. But this is a good sign. Mm -hmm. And so you may have to be that person that starts with a tablespoon of chia pudding, two tablespoons of chia pudding. And that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people think fiber, cholesterol. I'm going to eat oatmeal. I actually mm, just I'm talked so glad to you're a touching client. On oatmeal. Yeah, <laughs> I just talked to a client this week, and she started eating oatmeal every day. She doesn't really like it, and it doesn't make her feel well. But she thought that it would help to improve her cholesterol. So the reality is. You know, a lot of rolled oats, a serving is only two grams of fiber. Not a lot. I mean, Not it's a got, lot it's got some all. components in there that have been shown to lower cholesterol. Yeah. But here's the, here's what happens. It raises yeah. your blood sugar mm-hmm. because it's so high in carbohydrates yep. that it's, it's diminishing returns. Yes. So that's not what we're recommending. Yeah. And especially, you know, a lot of people aren't going to eat plain oatmeal. They want some brown sugar or a lot of raisins, fruit or raisins, and, and then you're just adding more. It's a more. big carbohydrate yeah, sugar bomb. Yeah. So if it is something that you still want to incorporate, we would recommend you know, only half a cup cooked max. Make sure you're getting protein, fat there. Not fruit. Um, but just know there's so, so many, many options. So many more options to get your fiber in. And I love, I love one of my things that I do to get fiber in is I love to make, I do a plant-based yogurt Mm -hmm. and then I put my protein powder in there, some chia seeds. um, And then if I don't want chia, I'll do ground flax. Yeah. And the ground flax really softens and I will sweeten it with some stevia or some fruit or something like Mm -hmm. you mentioned. So I'm not always eating the same. I rotate them, not always doing the chia pudding or then it's a smoothie or that, but I'm going to get supplemental fiber in addition to fruits and vegetables. Yes. Which is really the best source. Yeah, it is. But it's easy enough to add those extra, you know, ground flax to things. I have people even just sprinkle that on a salad. So let's maybe give some ideas of other high fiber foods. I love it. Um, Berries tend to be high in fiber. For example, a a serving is going to give you six grams of fiber from Mm -hmm. raspberries. That's a lot. That's a lot. Raspberries, and they're delicious. We love those raspberries. You can get them frozen if you're out of season all the time. But I also will use a little psyllium husk Mm -hmm. because it's... um, it's the type of fiber that will help lower that cholesterol. So yeah. that's one of my my add-ins to soluble fiber. And the soluble fiber is the type of fiber that's shown to lower cholesterol levels. So um, prunes, I love a, a prune. If you like prunes, mm-hmm. that's a good source. Broccoli. Yes. Brussels sprouts. Yep. Uh, and there's so many other benefits that, that tag along. Yeah, <laughs> it's there not is. not just fiber. There is. Yep. So eat those vegetables. Hickama. Hickama is not something that we think about. Get some hickama and munch on it. People are like, oh, I like to munch on carrots. Well, try some hickama. I know grocery stores I've found where it's, you can hand them the hickama and they'll go and they'll slice it for oh, you and cool. dice it because that 
I don't love doing that. No, me neither. <laughs> I buy it pre-done. Pre-done. It's crunchy. It kind of has a little bit of sweetness. Um, it's really delicious. Yeah. So if one you're, cup, you're like getting a, what, like six grams? Yeah, a fiber. Very high in fiber. Moving you towards that. Um, green beans is a pretty good source. You know, some carrots, some Brussels sprouts. These are all things that you should be incorporating anyway for overall health and wellness. And um, think about how much fiber you're actually getting. I always challenge clients, you know, you can download the app Chronometer for free. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See where you are. Where's your fiber? Where's your protein? Where's your healthy food? I think you're going to be surprised that you're probably a lot lower in fiber than, than you think you are. Yeah. And I would say at least getting 30 grams a day. And that is going to increase your satisfaction, satiety factor. Yes. makes you feel full longer. Yep. It anchors your blood sugar. Yep. It's, uh, it helps scrub the colon. Yep. So it decreases your risk of colon cancer. And, of course, it decreases your risk of plaque formation. Yeah. So we love that. And so we hope that you have gotten a pretty good idea of how we stand on cholesterol and ways that you can lower your triglycerides mm-hmm. and improve your overall health. Our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. It's a simple yet powerful message. Eating real food is life-changing. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you.